Hello, I'm Paul Cromford, an old fool that there's no fool like, and I'm suggesting that any fool can take another curtain call. It's the easiest thing in the world to keep coming back and showing a silly grin to a cheering audience. But one really ought to know when enough is enough. Which leads me into the subject of this edition, namely, ageing rock stars making constant comebacks. You'll have your own opinions about the phenomenon, and I'm about to air some of mine. Here goes. I wish these relics would cease and desist. Pack it in. Just stop dragging their increasingly ruined and rattled elderly bodies around the stages and stadia. It's embarrassing. My main bone of contention is the revisionist view that nobody is too old to be a rock performer. This idea only took hold in the first place because all those young Turks of the 1960s passed from teens to twenties to thirties and didn't want their eternal high school hop to end. That's all very well, up to a point. As time passes and we lose our youthful vigour, of course we grow wistful. We may experience a period of denial. You know, age is just a number. You're only as old as you feel. All those rationalisations come out. But denial must be followed by acceptance. As in, yeah, I am an old git, but by God I've had some good times. And if we can't reach the acceptance, we're in trouble. We end up with former young Turks of the 1960s music scene, now in their 70s or 80s, parading their frail carcasses for the undiscerning gawp of the whole world, looking like the grandma in the old Daily Express Giles cartoons, and sounding like you'd expect her to sound if she sang. If I want to look at parchment skin, liver spots, saggy jowls and roomy eyes, I'll follow the proceedings in the House of Lords. I don't want to hear a cracked rendition of, say, Jumping Jack Flash emerge from such shriveled beings. You see, I think one can be too old to be a rock performer. It's lucky I don't rule the world, because if I did, I would ban public performances by any rock or pop musician over the age of 40. They'd be easy to spot before they learnt to be more devious. The band members start posing for promos in identical baggy black suits, often over black t-shirts, an ensemble that highlights their silvery hair a treat. But instead of hiding their tendency to thicken out, the tactic just makes them look like chunky howler monkeys. They also like to be photographed scowling up at an overhead camera so as to eliminate all those extra chins. You see, obviously running scared. Oh, I'd soon settle their hash. Hmm, but there'd be a grassroots resistance movement. Hard to stamp out, so I'd probably have to insist that defaulters be summarily shot. That's not too cruel and unusual, surely. And think how it would free up all those venues for successive new waves of performers who at the moment have to fight tooth and nail for a decent platform. Why call time at 40? Simple. Choose any of your favourite rock and pop names, look up their year of birth and add 40 to it. I guarantee that you'll find they did all their best writing before that date, and in many cases far earlier. And any product released after that date is either a nostalgia romp or a water-treading exercise. Ergo, if they go out playing after the age of 40, they're plugging mediocre new material or recycling past glories. What a waste of everyone's time, and your money. Heck, 
you can recycle their past glories in the comfort of your own home and in vastly better sound quality. As John Lennon said of the recently defunct Beatles, you have all the old records there if you want to reminisce. To say nothing of the copious concert videos of your heroes in their prime, before they had to start dropping the keys of songs to accommodate older throats, thereby robbing the songs of all their excitement in the process. Ah, but you might argue there's a magic, a sense of occasion, an unpredictability about seeing your long-standing idols in person, no matter how wrinkly and stooped they've become. Well, make the most of that, because when I rule the world, the following will no longer be seen on a concert stage. No more chunky howler monkeys, or the wizened little spitting image puppets that they'll become. No more fresh-faced and obliging auxiliary band members, i.e. several young musos drafted into A. Bolster the singing, B. Bolster the playing, C. Do most of both, D. Inflate the price of your reinstalled ticket by a ludicrous amount. No more pages of lyrics on music stands next to the ostensible lead singer. A music stand is a sure sign that your idol is not taking you, the person who put them where they are, seriously. Do these views make you feel uncomfortable? If so, do you find that discomfort unpleasant? If you do, aha! You've forgotten the first rule of pop and rock. It's not supposed to be comfortable. It's supposed to make you unnaturally excited or lasciviously restless the sort of reactions associated with teenagers and twenty-somethings, because pop music is a young'un's game. Have we forgotten, hope I die before I get old? Mr Townsend of the Who obviously couldn't be doing with it. Have we forgotten, it's better to burn out than to fade away? Mr Young, the elderly Canadian, evidently did. Don't misunderstand me here. I'm in my early sixties, beginning what I hope will be a sprightly old age, and I've got all manner of pop and rock music in my soul. My default spiritual state is a sort of retro-groovy. But I don't want to see how my favourite recording artists have aged or are ageing. I want to hear them in the aural snapshots of their prime. To put it another way, I love the paintings of Vincent van Gogh. But that doesn't mean I would want to see him as a nonagenarian painting the starry night all over again on a stage every evening. The first version, painted in private, will do me fine. Any fool can take another curtain call, but whatever happened to the dictum, always leave them wanting more. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>